0: This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by
1: hearing and doing the words of Jesus. When you want to establish a fact, without any doubt, you need credible witnesses. And in today's program, we're going to see that when it comes to the true identity of Jesus, the witnesses are powerful, even overwhelming. Our series is entitled... The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 1. A verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. And friends, we are beginning to look at the five witnesses of Christ. Indeed, we've already seen three of them in the last lesson. And now we get to see two more. It is an established fact of rule of law and of due process that you presume that a person is innocent until proven guilty, and that to make the proof known, you need credible testimony from credible witnesses. Well, in one sense, Jesus is on trial here in Jerusalem after he had healed the man at the Pool of Bethesda. And you would think that people would rejoice that a man who had been infirm for 38 years was healed of his infirmity. But the response was mixed. Many rejoiced, and indeed it garnered Jesus a lot of attention he wasn't particularly wanting, but it also got him more attention he didn't want, and that was from the religious establishment elite. They were offended at Jesus' miracle. And the reason is, well, he healed on the Sabbath day. Why did you have to do it on this day? Why couldn't you choose some other day? So, the keeping of their traditions was more important than showing mercy to an infirm man who had been in that condition a long time. So, Jesus is now having to explain who he is to these, shall we call them, doubting Thomases in mass. And one of the things he does is he brings out, quote unquote, the big guns. He says, Hey, you don't have to accept my testimony, but you will need to accept the testimony. Of these witnesses. They are irrevocable, they are irrefutable, they are utterly believable, and they are rock solid. They are not going anywhere. Their testimony is like the Rock of Gibraltar, and even more so. We already have learned of the first three witnesses they included John the Baptist, the works of Jesus, and the Heavenly Father. We have two more witnesses. And so let me read to you one verse here in verse 45 of John 5. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. What Jesus is doing is he's taking the very person that these people use as their leader and role model and saying he is going to be your accuser. In the last days. But he's not just going to be their accuser. He's going to do something else. Moses is going to testify of Jesus. In fact, basically, Moses does testify of Jesus. And we're going to learn more of that testimony, particularly in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 to 18. That is one of his clearest testimonies of Jesus that we have imaginable. But, of course, there will be more. So in this lesson, Jesus is going to speak about the principle of searching the scriptures. And remember, we're going to encourage this practice very much. Searching the scriptures is where you're going to find God in general and Jesus in particular, especially even the Old Testament. One would think you will discover Jesus in the New Testament, where he has spoken of very clearly and plainly, but also he is found very much so in the Old Testament. That's why the Old Testament is part of the Christian Bible, because of this wonderful testimony. But there is more. The fact is, they are going to seek honor from men, but they do not have the love of God in their hearts. They're going to also encounter Moses, And instead of Moses patting on the back and saying, isn't that wonderful? You have all these great traditions of men. Moses won't do anything of the kind. He will be even more a stark accuser of them than Jesus himself. It's time to read the entire portion from John chapter 5, verses 39 to 47. Our lesson is called two More of the witnesses of Christ, and the reference again is John chapter 5 39 to 47. Let's listen carefully because this is God's word Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can you believe, which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Our reference is John chapter 5, verses 39 to 47. And our lesson is called, Two More of the Witnesses of Christ. Well, friends, this all begins with verse 39. Search the scriptures. Friends, I want to encourage you. This is one of the healthiest things you can do. Make yourself at home in the Word of God. It is a lamp to your feet. It is a light to your path. When you search the scriptures, you're going to discover far more than you realize. There is something very transformational about reading and studying the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. We cannot fully explain it. Because it's a God thing. But we believe, first of all, that the scriptures are God's word. We don't believe they merely contain the word of God. We believe they are the word of God. Every word of God is pure. says Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God. And we believe it's so important that even in the very last chapter of the Bible, that's Revelation Chapter 22, and this is after hearing about the glories of the new Jerusalem and the eternal state, that there is a solemn warning not to add or subtract from the word of God, the testimony of the prophecy. In other words, it's important to maintain the integrity of God's word. Do not add or subtract. I remember one gentleman wrote, and I guess he does have a very strong point, that the canon of Scripture has now been complete. We do not add, we do not subtract. And if, for some reason, we were to discover a lost epistle from the Apostle Paul, it's too late. You cannot add any more to Scripture. It is a complete unit line upon line, precept upon precept, word upon word. So, because we believe it's God's word, number one, it has authority. That unlike any other piece of literature. The second thing is that Scripture inspires faith. It is written in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. Therefore, we need to let faith rise up in our hearts as we read what is written. I often share about my own testimony. I do have people come to me from time to time and want to know how I came to faith, because I was from a very wonderful yet unchurched Arab American family. Well, I came to faith thanks to the scripture. I'm 15 years old. I'm looking for God. I'm not sure where to go or who to turn to, but I discover on the family bookshelf the Gideon's Bible. And I took the Bible off the shelf, and I began to read it, and read it, Till I came to saving faith. It indeed was the pure seed engrafted word in my heart that was able to save the soul. I share this a lot, and I feel that we continue to need to share it wherever we go in this ministry. So we search the scriptures because they lead to the path of God, of Christ of the gospel of everlasting life. Now, in John five thirty nine and 40, the religious leaders who were questioning Jesus were doubtful of Jesus, even offended at Jesus because he had the audacity to heal a lame man at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath day. These people did have some grasp of the scriptures. They searched them, scrutinized them, analyzed them, thinking that in them they would find life. Now, by the way, even in modern times, and I say modern meaning the first few centuries before ours, 17th century, 18th century, 19th century, 20th century, there were scholars who searched the scriptures. Some of them were believers and some of them were not. Some of them thought they were Christians, but clearly they were not Christians. They did not have saving faith They did not have the faith that we earnestly contend to, according to the epistle of Jude. But every word of the Bible has been put under the microscope, and still the Bible stays strong. I've shared this before. It's worth sharing again. The Bible has withstood all the scrutiny, all the criticism, all the intellectualism, all the heinous and vicious opposition that the devil inspires in certain people. The Bible has withstood all that, and it's still standing, because after all, heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word abides forever. So these religious leaders were searching the scriptures, thinking they would find eternal life. They were on the right track. However, they were totally blinded to the fact that scripture points to Jesus of Nazareth. Scripture is not an end in itself. It is a compass. It is a guide. It is a mirror. It is an arrow pointing to the one and only one who is able to forgive our sins and give us eternal life. That is Christ himself. So they rejected the testimony of Scripture regarding the true identity of Jesus of Nazareth. These people were so enamored by their own interpretations and traditions. That's why their failure to come to Christ, who is the centerpiece of Scripture, precluded them from receiving the gift of eternal life. And that, friends, is a very, very high price to pay. After all, if we're only reading the Scripture for literature, or reading it to find fault, or we are blinded to its message, it's like being Afflicted with great thirst, you are right next to the source of water. But because you cannot see that source of water as for what it is, you become more thirsty and you even perish right next to the font where the water comes out. Honor from man. John five forty one. Christ does not eat, need honor from people. No one is doing him a favor by following him believing in him, doing what he says. We need him. He does not need us. We need to honor him. He does not need to honor us. However, the good news is, those who honor God, God will return the favor. But he doesn't owe it to us. But we owe him everything. We owe him life, breath, health, grace, strength. And that's just in the natural When it comes to the spiritual, we owe him just as much, if not more so. Then John 5.42, it says, But I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. Though they don't know Christ, Christ knows them. And one of the things he knows is what's in their heart. And their hearts were devoid of the love of God. No wonder They were missing the mark, missing the boat, missing the open door, missing their opportunity to have eternal life. Indeed, in verse 43 of John 5, they demonstrated warped priorities. Jesus Christ comes in the name of the Father, and he is not received by these religious elite. If someone comes in their own name, they will receive that individual. It is very, very perverse. This is why the false messiahs, including Antichrist, will be believed and received and have a following until all hell breaks loose. John 5, 44. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Jesus asks a penetrating question. How can you believe when you're honoring each other rather than seeking the honor that comes from God alone. Such a stance is indeed a dead end. We are oftentimes more enamored by people-pleasing than by God-pleasing. Friends, it's folly of the highest order. We need to be pleasing God, not pleasing people. We even learn in Proverbs that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Moses, the accuser. John five forty five, Christ says he will not accuse his critics. He will leave the accusation to Moses, the great lawgiver of Israel, the one in whom they put their trust. Moses has a lot to say on this issue. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Failure to believe in Jesus is due to to failure to believe what Moses wrote about Jesus. One example of that is Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 to 18. Let me read it to you. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I command him. Verse 19, and it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. In other words, this prophet is so authoritative. You ignore his message to your own peril. Moses was writing about Jesus. And our last verse for this lesson, verse 47 of John 5, unbelief. If you do not believe Moses writing, which contrary to their opinion, they didn't, then they will not believe in Christ's testimony either. Remember the words of Abraham in the story of the rich man and Lazarus who were in now the afterlife. And the rich man said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to warn my five brothers that they do not come to this place of torment, this place of hell, after they die. And Father Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets They can listen to them. And if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, even if somebody rises from the dead. Our lesson is called Two More of the Five Witnesses of Christ. And our lesson for life is this. By introducing the five witnesses, Jesus has built an irrefutable case for his unique identity. Receiving or rejecting their testimony, is the difference between life and death. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you to face the future with articles from the Bible, victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the five witnesses. We believe and we receive what they say, and we know that by doing so, we have eternal life and abundant life through Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen.